Hello, trainers. Welcome back to another very special episode of not only your mom's favorite podcast, but The Friends List. Welcome to the Roundtable Chat Talk presents The Friends List, a.k.a. A normal weekly episode. Hey. <laughs> uh, we are the best of the below average. Your hosts, Old Johnny One Ball. And Shadow Prime 34. Thir- 34. 34. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 34. <laughs> trainers and welcome back to a very special episode of not only your mom's favorite podcast but the friends list welcome to the roundtable chat talk presents the friends list where everyone has a seat at the table and we hang out with real people real trainers and real friends we are the best of the below average your hosts old johnny one ball and shadow prime 34 shadow prime 34 that's right (laughs) Shadow, tell us what we've got going on today that makes this such a special, uh, it's our very own crossover episode with ourselves. Whoa. An episode (laughs) within an episode. (laughs) So you know how we like to say we're the best of the below average. So like there's the below average, but we're the best of them. So we're right smack dab in the middle. Like 50.5%. Yeah. Every single time, every meta we run, we are right in the middle. Everyone. We've got the best of the best with us today. The one, the only Enhoff. Welcome, Enhoff. Hey, guys. Very excited to be on. So start off with why Enhoff is actually the best of the best and tell us why. Well, I'm going to kind of bury the lead just a little bit. Okay. No, what does Wildcat call them? The uh, uh, radio teasers? Radio tease or something like that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, apparently that's like, hey, get people keep listening. But yeah. (laughs) So yeah, the, the best of the best because- one of our, one of our, uh, we'll tell you in a bit. Yeah. We, well, yeah. If you want to find out why Enhoff is the best of the best, you just, you just keep listening to our voices. That's right. Speaking of the best of the bests as well, uh, shouts to our Patreon members. Thank you very much. Uh, you keep this show running Hey-o. because our pockets are thin. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the, the sewn up little vest pockets you get from off the rack. That's our pockets. You've got pockets. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today, let's have a conversation about some of the things that are going on as we record. The Las Vegas, your mom's a, what What do I call it? Your mom's a hoeing tour? <laughs> Go tour? Anyway. Whoever threw that pencil. Oh, it's been a while. Um, <clears throat> it's been a while. Fair enough. So right now, uh, there is day two, uh, the Sunday of the Your Mom's a Hoenn Go Tour in Las Vegas. This is not the Mr. Worldwide Tour, but we are getting information as the days go on, uh, similar to uh, the very first round in Chicago, where <laughs> the cell towers weren't working and no one could figure out what was going on. So we actually received a tweet from, Ni- uh, from Pokemon Go uh, <laughs> regarding the mass amount of people that are joining the physical gameplay area in Las Vegas that do not have a ticket to the tour uh, for Las Vegas. Um, The rest of it is, you've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) But, Enhoff, I want to hear your thoughts, because you've been to some of these larger events that Pokemon and Niantic host, um, 
granted, some of the, you know, conference centers are actually built to hold this many people. What are your thoughts about the, I guess, the exclusivity of an event not being physically exclusive? <laughs> I, I guess yeah. the, these are some of the, I don't know really how to portray this question to you, but what are your thoughts on mm -hmm. this with some of the issues that we're seeing in Las Vegas right now? Yeah, of course. Um, this is something that you see at a bunch of these events, and it's, I mean, frankly, a little bit ridiculous that it's <laughs> still happening. Um, yeah. I was really happy with how Seattle was done uh, for GoFest this past year, mm -hmm. uh, for 2022's GoFest, because they had shifts. You had your morning in the park or your afternoon and yeah. evening in the park, and there were some frustrations around that. However, you know... Um, there were frustrations because like your lucky trades were limited to your time slot. Like there were, mm -hmm. there were aspects of play that were in the park and then in the city. But what didn't happen was I'm locked out of the event for three hours because there's too many people in the park. Um, because like Seattle was similar to Las Vegas where it's the Seattle center. It is a public park. You were there playing Pokemon go and, you know, 90% of people, probably 95% plus of people are there to play Pokemon. And then there's a the 5% you see walking through saying, what's going on today? Mm -hmm. Why are there so many people tapping their phones? And that's the general public. Um, and I'm sure I don't know Las Vegas super well. I've never been. I don't know the park that they're at, like, in comparison to Seattle Center. But I can guarantee that your average Joe is walking through it because it's not a fenced-off park. Mm -hmm. And additionally... Niantic didn't set it up in a phase like Seattle where, you know, half your players play in the morning and then go into the city and half your players play in the evening and have the morning in the city. Mm -hmm. Like they have experience that should hypothetically alleviate something like this. And it's not happening um, in the like PVP events. Like you said, the conference centers are set up, but also that's a little bit different because it's something where they can set up Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So all oh, of the yeah. phones for the event um, are all wired in, and I might not be able to play on my personal phone. Uh, if a community day is happening, there might be bad service, but that network isn't as important to the running of the tournament. If I can't log into my device to personally catch Pokemon, well... That sucks if it's on the same day as a you know community day or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. but it doesn't affect the tournament itself. So I know that there's frustrations. I know the fact that this isn't like uh, GoFest, where there's one in the U.S., one in Europe, and one in uh, Asia. Since it's just Go Tour Hoenn in Las Vegas, there's people who have traveled from all over the world mm -hmm. for this event, and the idea that it wasn't properly prepared for that people are not able to log into the game. That's just brutal. And, and it's, it's really unfortunate to see, especially at this point in the game's lifespan. Yeah. Well, what uh, did you, I'm not sure if like they did the same thing like they did with the, the space center park or what was it called? Space Seattle in, center. in Seattle. Yeah. The yeah. Seattle center park. Yeah. Like if it wasn't your day to play, they like geo locked you out. So you couldn't yeah. do anything in the park. So it was like I don't I don't understand. I think why. you could do raids. Yeah, raids, and that, and that was, was just that was it. It, it honestly made it boring to be in the park. Like <laughs> I want to be out of here so I can spawn things. So mm -hmm. I don't know why they didn't exactly. just do that again. Yeah. So yeah, you would think with Seattle having been not that long ago and things running very smoothly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that 
some of those notes and tips and tricks would have been then brought to Vegas. Yeah. And I understand that the cities are different. The setups are different. Vegas is a very busy city. Yes. And you would think that with all of these extra people, the bandwidth would be fine. Yeah. But this is a big uh, – this isn't just like a home and garden conference. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is next level to the point where the people that don't have tickets were numbered about 17,000 people. <sighs> That were playing that weren't even part of the event. They were just there. Which is wild. Crazy. <laughs> so with with that, uh, something we had talked about uh, in the last few weeks or so is when there are these big issues, how do you view the compensation or alleged compensation from Niantic when there are major problems like this for people, like you mentioned, that traveled from all over the world? Yeah, so it's been extremely uh, inconsistent. I would say it's been extremely hit and miss. So um, you look back at the early 2020 Safari Zones. Um, I was planning to go to Philadelphia Safari Zone because mm-hmm. at the time I was living uh, right outside of Philadelphia. Um, and they announced, I think St. Louis was the first one. And they said, if you bought a ticket to attend, you can do it remote. Uh, you can mm-hmm. play it entirely in your locale. You'll get the spawns. And then we'll reschedule at a later point. You'll still have the ticket for that rescheduled event. Mm. And that was great. Admittedly, I know a lot of other people did as well. I bought a ticket for the Liverpool Safari Zone banking on the fact that it would be canceled (laughs) like that. And it paid off. I never went to Liverpool to play. I also never went to Philly to play, which was uh, unfortunate because I would have liked to. But I I had moved to Boston by then. It just didn't work Mm. out time-wise. Sure. But uh, that was handled extremely well in my opinion you got the entire event you know you didn't get the in-person aspect but obviously because of the pandemic it wasn't really safe to do that Mm -hmm. and that is the best handling of an event like this in my memory i don't know how they plan to properly compensate because i know that they've they did it like initial Mm -hmm. hey you get three extra hours at the end of the day and there's some extra raid passes I don't know if that's going to be all of what gets amended to this. I don't know if there's going to be a makeup event uh, or how they'll handle it. But there's certainly been events that were fumbled in that regard that Mm -hmm. were not handled nearly as well as those safari zones. I think uh, those are like above and beyond. And then we've had a lot of things like, oh, Australia didn't have, you know, Chinese turned on for this event. They get another weekend. You know, and it mm-hmm. was a it was an eight hour event. They get like two hours on a Ugh. Sunday, yeah, like two months from now that people might not have been scheduled for, mm-hmm. and that's obviously a fumble. That's obviously like not the proper way, especially for an in person event. So we'll see. I'm I'm holding out hope just for the sake of everyone that has, you know, traveled and and paid for travel accommodations to to be at this event. One. They're still getting to see everyone, and I'm I'm glad for that, for the people who travel, not just for the events, but for the people, mm-hmm. but um, that they do get proper, you know, compensation in spawns, in shinies, and whatever they're after from this event, uh, that they couldn't, they frankly just could not play for, yeah. for multiple hours, because that's, you know, I was, I was really jealous of everyone who got to go to Vegas uh, for the event, and after seeing some of the frustrations... Some of that jealousy is uh, <laughs> yes. waned off a little bit. I still would love to see everyone, you know, and uh, there is some FOMO there. But for someone who loves the Hoenn region, it's my favorite Pokemon region. Mm. For someone who, like, loves these 
uh, in-person uh, events like Seattle. It it looks like it, it manifested in, you know, a lot of happiness. Like, I don't mean to downplay the people who had a great time mm-hmm. or make them feel bad about it, but I've seen a lot of frustration. Yeah. Yeah, I think this would be a great time for Niantic to... One, listen to the Roundtable Chatot show, and two, be from that implement a like you mentioned in 2020, where there was a, a a better fix based on your location, but adding in time as well, because some of these events they've had, we had an event on Christmas Eve this year, and for those that celebrate, yep. that is tight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Everything was I don't, remote. I don't think I did anything from then. <laughs> um, but to be able to pick a time for your research or your uh, event makeup type thing, uh, not only a, a day, but you could say, hey, within this weekend, you get to pick your five hour or six hour or whatever hour slot. I think that yes, that's what they should do for this one, especially it being such a Mr. Worldwide level event. Yes. Like Mr. Worldwide. I've seen Brandon Tan on Twitter like just hey hanging out. I'm like, hey, that is that is not a small trip. <laughs> nope. That is very big yep. trip. Yeah. And, and like we talked about like how the there's another game that I play. They'll take the game down for like 20 minutes to do maintenance and they're like, we're sorry. Here's a hundred of these premium premium items that you can use to summon things. And it's just like, it was down for 20 minutes. I didn't even know it was down. Like Exactly. And then like they have like a little gift thingy so you can claim it by, it's like, I think you have 30 days to claim it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, that's on you. Unlucky. So yeah, but like they're, they're very like, hey, sorry, we weren't able to do this. It was a quick fix, but we're, we're good. And to apologize, this is what we did for you. So I think Niantic needs to kind of take more of a step in that direction. And like you said, we've seen quality fixes from Niantic errors. But then sometimes things tend to go backwards with their (laughs) solutions here. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, just, you know, something for us to talk about that's, you know, a little less, um, I mean, from our end, stupid. (laughs) That's why we bring on smarter hosts than us. But, you know, something for us to chat about that's, you know, game related that can get people thinking uh, outside of just us telling stupid jokes. So um, they're not stupid. Well, they're great. My mom thinks they're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So um, thanks for your input on that. We just wanted to sort of get some like real time, like day two is happening as we record in real life, Um, Mm -hmm. which is great that we caught you this weekend because I can bet we wouldn't have you next weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That is uh, – I'm prepping like now. I'm getting my batteries charged. I'm getting my storage ready. Mm-hmm. We're going hard for hoeing. Um, I know. You can use that. That's, that's good. I like that. <laughs> so let's get into some studs and duds. This is the section where we talk about the best things from our week of Pokemon and our worst things from our week of Pokemon. Um, you know, that way it keeps it – uh, jovial and and if you have a dud that's outside of Pokemon, we can talk about that too. But – Sometimes those are a little duddier <laughs> than a Pokemon dud. <laughs> with uh, like, yeah, duddier. Duddier. Yep. That's the correct word. So we'll start with a stud. Uh, JT, why don't you tell me your stud for the week? Before we do it, I had a thought. That sounds oh, like a like a, a brand of something in like Home Depot oh, or duddier? something. duddier? Yeah. yeah. Duddier. Where doers get things dud. Diddier. <laughs> Anyway, okay. <laughs> back to Home Depot. Tell us about your stud. Uh, so stud, because huh? building walls. And, yeah. Uh, stud. I got – so we were in the movie theater watching Ant- Ant-Man. Ant-Man. 
three, never stop Ant Manning. Mm-hmm. And we, I caught a well, my ball plus ball ball thing. He was going. I don't want to hear this. And I got a shiny Stantler <coughs> and a shiny. Hang on, Bunnelby. Bunnelby. Yeah, I mixed those two up. Uh, yeah. Shiny Bunnelby back to back. And then I got a uh, a Hundo Eevee from a research actually today. Nice. But the the creme de la creme. I got a shiny broken heart Spinda from the Valentine's Day. Task. So mad. Do you know how many years it's been? <laughs> Not only in one week, in one week, you caught a shiny Stantler. Shiny Stantler. I, I don't even know how many Stantlers I have raided and collected. <laughs> I've got hundos of the costume. I've got hundos of the non-costume. I've got rank great ones. No shinies. <laughs> and you know how long I've been doing this. Spinda every single year. <laughs> yeah. No shiny Spinda with the heart. I have multiple shiny Spindas. Yeah. <laughs> None of them have the heart. heart. I think I went like 16 or 17 deep during the Valentine's event. Really? No shinies. Wow. It was it was weird because like within like three weeks, I got two shiny Spindas. I was like, that's that is neat stuff. I'm about to get a new host. <laughs> hey, Enhoff. <laughs> yeah. What do you say we kick him off the show for good? <laughs> um, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, for for me, um, I've got two. Uh, one, I did hatch a shiny uh, frillish. I got the Yo, female uh, shiny frillish. Um, so I've got that, which was nice. In a like nick of time, got that shiny frillish. And then in the Nicholas of time. In the Nicholas of time. And then <laughs> I yesterday when Master League started, I got an eleven win streak. Which is great because I don't even play Master League <laughs> very often. And I was like, you know what? I need Stardust. So I jumped in, won my first 11, uh, and then it's been hit or miss since then. But that's just how Master League is, I think. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. But that matches my longest win streak for th- uh, season 13. Yeah. Mythical season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that matches my longest win streak for this season. Nice. I don't think I'm going to touch my regular win streak, but – I would say one day. <laughs> that's a lofty goal. It is. It is up there. Enhoff, what about you? What was your stud for the week? Yeah, so I have I have two as well. I had a really nice uh, Valentine's event, like it sounds like both of you had. Mm-hmm. So I have been trying to get a hundo of Frillish for the longest time, mm. and I got a hundo Frillish from one of the tasks. Nice. Couldn't nice. get the shiny, but. I'm uh, very happy with that hundo because uh, I like building those ridiculous uh, max out Pokemon. And oh, yeah. Frillish hits like 14, 28. It's something in that range. And mm-hmm. uh, immediately maxed it out, posted it. Um, just excited to try it out when Great League comes back. Absolutely. And then the other the other hundo I got was Audino, okay. which I'm very excited nice. for because it has a Mega. It's got a Mega. Yeah. I like having... You know, hundos are very easy ones to mega evolve because I'm like, oh, I'll max this out eventually. It'll exactly. Be. I don't think Aldino's even as a mega really great for raids, but it's a it's a very good trophy since it has that mega evo. Absolutely, and I tried to catch as many. I don't know why that catch rate's so mad at me, but it is. Uh, for that Stardust, every time, oh, it's so right. much Stardust. I think I caught a weather boosted one, and it was like twenty six, twenty five. Yeah, Ridiculous. with the star yeah. piece on too. Yeah, it was it every was crazy. of the Stardust. Every Stardust. Yep. <laughs> um, well, excellent. Now let's get into some lesser good things. Uh, what about a dud for the week? We'll do the same order and start with you, JT. 
dud for the week. Ugh. I didn't get any shiny frillish, even though like I went pretty hard on most tasks. I have one available for trade. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't find any of the shiny frillish. And then the spin to tasks during the Valentine's Day event were pretty scarce. Yes. Like I hit this entire park. I've walked the entire the entirety of it and I've gotten one. And then I go to the next park. The entirety of it. None. Like what where did all the tasks go? I spent an afternoon driving um from well for for us and the those that are in the area um from the like from Arvada to my house which is a pretty there are hundreds drive. of stops between there <laughs> yeah and i went behind sonics i went behind neighborhoods i went into apartment complexes just to find these spinda tasks <laughs> and they were super <laughs> scarce i think i found 8 or 9 maybe 10 that Entire day wow. of hundreds of stops, but that so be it. Yeah, that's like a a, a dual dud right there. Oh man! So, so we'll fit. We'll we'll figure it out. It wasn't as scarce as uh, Spirit Tomb this last year. Wasn't too happy about that. Spirit being, Tomb. You got Spirit Tomb this year? No, you did. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> One Spirit Tomb for the whole year is not enough. <laughs> it, that's a big dud. Yeah, I was not excited to read that news when it came out. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, my dud is also related to Master League. <laughs> the same day that I went 11-0 in my first set, I ended the day with a 0-5 set. So, <laughs> I empathize real oh, hard man. with you on that one. <laughs> All the rest of them were, you know, 2-3, 1-4, 3-2, maybe 4-1 here and there. But yeah. I, same day, 11-0, start off the day, 0-5, end the day. And also didn't get a shiny spinda, but I don't, I don't even know if that counts. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, you know, not too many duds. It's been a pretty good week. Got a lot of shinies during Valentine's, um, and uh, definitely took the uh, two-hour lures and used those the best I could. Yeah. Wait, I totally forgot lures. Two were hours, dude. I caught a shiny Voltorb from one. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. Get on my yeah. level. I. Honestly, I like, never used my lure, so I forgot that existed. So yep. yep. Dope. It's, yeah, it's good to have stops nearby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Enhoff, what about you? What was a dud for you this week? Yeah, I'm a similar boat with uh, Spinda. I, uh, different reasons. I, I was trying to get all the XL candy I could sure. for it because someone mm. went pretty far in the Orlando oh, region man. with yeah. a Spinda. Um, I think he made like top. 32 or top 16 like mm -hmm. didn't quite make day two but made it pretty far with it it was and really was cool to really see cool yeah. to me. and the so, little uh, leg kick up when it does when it attacks <laughs> it's so yeah, adorable <laughs> yeah it's so good so like i'm at like a hundred or so xls for that and i was okay. really hoping to you know get a lot done that i could then trade and and get that number closer to 296 but it's looking like i'm gonna have to walk one i have yeah. the hundo so nice. and i have the hundo already uh best buddied but it's yeah. uh it's gonna be a far journey and then keeping in in line with master league it's definitely not my favorite league mm -hmm. um not that i couldn't have options and like i fully recognize that this is a me problem but mm. because i build dumb things for great league because i like <laughs> expanding that roster oh, yeah. um being able to scrim for, with people against like any matchup that they could you know have mm -hmm. uh part of part of being like a manager for a team uh I don't have the dust for Master League, so mm. like I have 
I have a team. So, like, I'm running uh, Metagross, Florges, and Dragonite, mm-hmm. but nice. it's not like I have a, a library, and, and that can kind of bring it some frustration in just, like, how repetitive it is. Right, I know yeah. exactly how this team plays, and, like, that can be beneficial, but I'm definitely a person who tries to change teams day to day, keep things, you know, fresh, and, uh, you know, keep from burning out in that way. So Master League can be a dud at times for, for my enjoyment of GBL. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. I, I'm I'm running a uh, different leads. I'm using either Guard Tromp or Dragonite with um, a Hundo Mewtwo as a, as a closer and then a Kartana in the middle. Wait, you're in like Master League, like it's a teenage wasteland Master League. Oh, yeah. I'm in full open. Oh. Yes. I've been dancing around in Premiere <laughs> no. uh-uh. with Groudon coming in with Precipice Blades. I was like, mm, I'll, no, I'll no. wait till I have mine. No, I'm in the, I'm in the wastelands here. <laughs> yeah. um, and and like you said, it, it gets repetitive, um, but I'm getting to know my Pokemon better. So I'll take that. <laughs> That's a win. I like the Kartana because like, especially with Helen going on, I'm sure you'll see a lot of Groudon and Kyogre in the next mm-hmm. few days oh, since yeah. they got yes. their, their fun new moves. But it's only from people in, in Vegas, I guess, since you don't get the moves if you, like, remote raid them. Uh, so that's I believe that's, yeah, because yeah. I, I did one a, a little while ago, and let's see what happens here. Uh, yep, it's got Surf. <laughs> <laughs> so, Great. Look at that. Oh, man, moving up in the world. <laughs> yeah. I was I was a little too scared because Groudon dethroned uh, whoever was at number one on PB Poke. For Open Master? Yeah. Uh, Dragonite XL. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to – no. <laughs> I will go for Mir. Well, Kartana. Yeah. That's the move for me yeah. at least. True. Groudon does no Fire Blast and Fire Punch though, so be careful with those. Not if mm. I say, please don't. <laughs> please don't. You know what? You're right. <laughs> I'll hit the you with an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> That's my win con. Please. <laughs> <laughs> please don't do this. Uh, yeah. So – that is uh, the studs and duds. Um, we we covered all the news. I think it, everyone's got the the Hoenn updates. Yeah. Um, well, so if you have anything, I was just gonna say the uh, for PvP since, like I said, we have the best here. It's true. <laughs> if if we wanted to go over just like what the PvPers should be keeping an eye out for during uh, Go Tour, uh, I will. Uh, Pass that, that that baton. Are you asking me? Oh, that's a bad idea. Oh no, I should ask Enhoff. Yeah, ask the the best of the best. Uh, hey, so if I'm if I'm a a, a best of the below average person player, and I'm like, oh, I want to build something for PvP for Go Tour that's coming up. What what Pokemon should I be uh, kind of keeping an eye out for? Yeah, so Hoenn is arguably the best region for Pokemon Go PvP viability. Or in general. Uh, just... At the current time, <laughs> in terms of like Pokemon that make a splash in these open Great League tournaments. I should say that's specifically for Great League, although there's a lot of play in Ultra and Masters mm-hmm. as well. You see things like we're talking about Kyogre, Groudon. Uh, apparently Rayquaza might have some play now with oh, Breaking yeah. Swipe mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at Ultra League, you have... Uh, Reggie Steel, which if you have not yet claimed those three codes for the Reggies from Research, that's a big deal for Great League. Yes. Um, and then Swampert in both Ultra and Great League is wild. I'm not sure if we'll get the Community Day moves. So Swampert getting Hydro Cannon, Blaziken getting Blast Burn, and Sceptile getting Frenzy Plant. But if we do, Swampert's a must-have for Great and Ultra. 
Now, like I mentioned, Reggie Steele has been amazing basically since it got lock on mm-hmm. in oh, yeah. Turkey, both Great League and Ultra League. Uh, Sableye, now you won't be able to get the purified Sableye with return, but if you're trying to get XLs for Sableye, that's a really important Pokemon to hunt for. That's from Hoenn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deoxys Defense Form, I believe all four Deoxys Forms will be in raids, and that's a really powerful Great and Ultra League pick. Um, Walrein's still very viable if it gets its community day moves of uh, Powder Snow and Ice School Spear. Uh, it did get nerfed this uh, past season, mm-hmm. but is still really potent. Uh, Medicham, another huge oh, one yeah. for getting XLs and also getting good IV uh, versions of. And then uh, there's some, like, you know, just under the top cuts. I guess I should say uh, Altaria. Altaria as well is just oh, yeah. really potent. Mm-hmm. I would say top of Great League kind of pick that is able to be got during this event. And it has a community move, Moonblast, but it isn't necessary. Um, it's a slight upgrade over Dragon Pulse. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Altaria was actually on my team for Peoria. Um, I know we're, we're bearing the lead, but uh, <laughs> Altaria is a, a big favorite. And then there's there's quite a few Hoenn Pokemon that are just like just barely under that top level. So you have things like uh, Jirachi, which you'll get in the mm-hmm. exclusive research. You have Dusclops, which is just like a really bulky neutral Pokemon that can have play in things like the limited metas, the, so the Middle Child Cup, I forget what that was called, yeah. uh, and Vigoroth <laughs> as well, yep. which was really big there. Um, Reggie Rock, which you can get from those researches, but uh, from raids is a little bit too big. Um, and Flygon, which is a personal favorite mm, of mine. I yeah. love Flygon. It's a really fun Pokemon in those limited metas. And then uh, things like Blaziken as well. And then again, for Master League, also uh, Metagross. Metagross has a lot of viability. I would say mm-hmm. it's one of the best Pokemon in Master League Premier. Um, and that's from Hoenn as well. And we've had a lot of Beldum spawns lately. Oh yeah, um, I'm so, here for it. So there are some uh, some good chances to have gotten some XLs for that. Oh yeah. Speaking of Beldums, uh, please save all your Beldums because I need. Oh, you want them? XL candy. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so I got you because I don't think I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so very cool. Well, thanks for the uh, the update there. There's some of those. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Altaria. Um, pretty much never leaves any of my great league teams as well. Um, so it's uh, you know, it listeners, if you listen to anything for this upcoming week, <laughs> go rewind that last two and a half minutes or so and get some good ideas from the best of the best. Because yes. we can tell you, oh, but you don't oh. have to believe us. <laughs> <laughs> I should say, and I should add, I, I missed. Uh, Tropius. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Because it's a regional, it is, uh, it's not necessarily top of, top of the meta in Great League anymore. It's been outclassed by a few things, but it is extremely potent Mm -hmm. and you won't be able to get it outside of this event. I mean, all, same is true of things like Relicanth or Torkoal, um, but Tropius has a little bit more viability than those two and Mm -hmm. definitely those regional Pokemon you want to be able to get during the uh, global event because who knows when you'll be able to get them again. Right. Are you still trying to build that uh, XL Torkoal? <laughs> <laughs> not give up on that. I had a bad habit of building really random things for a while and then just stopping halfway through. So my Match League Metagross is like 42, I think. And I'm like, why did I do this? That's <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. You're still a good guy. <laughs> well... Uh, Let's move into what may be the dumbest thing you ever hear from us. Was that a challenge? 
You know, it might be. Uh, we're going to go into a special segment, uh, a game with Enhoff. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to, the two of us, the best of the below average, uh, we will be giving each other one word at a time to create some sort of story or made up uh, dex entry for Enhoff to then guess which Pokemon that we are talking about. We have not planned this beforehand. Uh <laughs> Because that's just how we do. <laughs> you know how we do. So we will be coming up with these words on the Flygon so that we can try to give a good enough version of a made-up story for you, Enhoff, to guess the Pokemon. <laughs> and this, is, this has been an interesting one in the past, even just the two of us. So yeah. <laughs> we are going to tell a story now. Uh, we'll start with the first Pokemon here. This one that we are looking at, but Enhoff yeah. is not looking at. And let's start. All right. I'll start this one off. Let's do it. All right, Enhoff, you ready? Get mm-hmm. that get that Rolodex brain. Because <laughs> <laughs> of Pokedex. I was, got you. That was clever. I like that. All right. This Pokemon gets really angry all the time. Period. <laughs> it has an lo- ex- extremely normal looking circumstances. <laughs> comma. Extremely normal looking. I'm okay. trying to guide you somewhere. Yeah. Um, when. Ash catches. Okay. It. <laughs> I, oh, I feel like I see the path where you're trying to go, but yep. I don't know how to get there from where I led us. Okay. Um. This Pokemon <sighs> wears hats. Okay, I think that I think that I know the answer now. Is it primate? It is is primate. primate. (laughs) I was trying to get you around like this Pokemon steals hats. (laughs) It has extremely (laughs) extremely looking circumstances. Extremely normal circumstances. Angry narrows it down quite a bit. That's a good start, but uh there's still a few, especially for Ash. There's you know Charizard. Yeah. Tends to be lazy and angry, but yeah. you know, the hat, that's clear. I was like, what's a clue? What's a clue? And then I'm sitting here doing this on, my, on the brim of my hat. Yep. And I was like, oh, oh, uh, it wears. Okay. The next one. You want to start this one off? Yeah. Okay. Okay. This Pokemon is ancient and handsy. <laughs> Okay, um, (laughs) it will often slap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's many opponents. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Is this, is this Kofa It is Kofa Grigas. <laughs> Ancient and pansy. 
Okay. We, we've got one more. Ooh, okay. Uh, okay. All right, we've got one more for you. I'll start this one off. You ready? <clears throat> okay, let's do it. Yep. This Pokemon is Taco Bell Dollar Menu Beefy. Period. <laughs> it also resists not fighting moves. Period. That was, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, it likes to lick. <laughs> I think, yeah. Lick a tongue. Yes. <laughs> it resists not fighting moves. Very, very... I was like, how do we get here? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. for those of you listening, you have dealt with that from us for a moment there. But we also want to point out. Our friend Enhoff is very familiar with these three Pokemon, and we will talk about why. <laughs> yes, in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> You're, they're probably being like, "Why? Why do they keep saying well, what is it?" You, you'll find out in a second. You will find out. So we're going to go right into our next segment, which is the Chef's Kiss rating segment. So for this segment, Enhoff. You are the one that gets to choose the Pokemon that we are going to rate. Uh, and for those listeners okay. that are not familiar with this segment, we – I don't know where this started from. But when you like a Pokemon so much, you're just like, oh, chef's kiss. This one's so good, right? <laughs> then we realized you only can do two. You can have <sighs> left and right. Mm-mm. Right? Two. That's only two. Well, you, normal rankings go up to ten. That means you have to then find four other people to use their hands for a chef's kiss. So, mwah, mwah, come here. Mwah, 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 mwah. Do this with your hand. Do it. <laughs> so that is our rating segment out of 10 uh, because it's just funny to think about having to borrow four other people for this. <laughs> so what we'll do is, Enhoff, you will tell us a Pokemon that you would like the three of us to rate. We don't know what your choice mm-hmm. is. Um, and then we're going to rate both its regular form and its shiny form out of 10 chef's kisses. So Enhoff, what Pokemon would you like to look at today? Are you familiar with the generation nine Pokemon? Very much so. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Okay. I, uh, I really enjoy Tatsugiri. Oh, so I like the mechanic that came with it. I like its uh, place in the game as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, that gives I us. I think that Tatsugiri would be uh, a good pick for this. That gives it's us also six. Fitting because, uh, it's also fitting because it's a chef's kiss because it's a. Uh, <laughs> it's actual... an order up. The, yep. move, the move that Dondoza uses oh, yeah. is order up, and it's a sushi. That was clever. I didn't even put two and two together. I was kind of bummed when the shiny of either of them did not order up shiny. (laughs) Mm, Yes. I was like, I've got the shiny Dondozo, but I need it to order up something shiny. (laughs) Uh, So 
Uh, let's take a look at the different forms, and I'm trying to remember which ones are which. Let me see here. So looks there like we go. The orange one is curly. Uh, yes, curly, the orange one. Curly, and stretchy. And stretchy. Yes. So let's start with the curly form. We've got the non-shiny version. So this is the orange version of the Tatsugiri. Enhoff. Actually, we'll, we'll save the best for last. So, JT, you can go first. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so, okay. So, I'm going to give Tatsugiri. I love Tatsugiri the fact that, well, I mean, it's been out for a while. So, spoilers, I guess. But the false dragon, how Don does mm-hmm. it's just a water type. Yep. But the dragon type is actually Tatsugiri. So, mm-hmm. I kind of love that. So, I'm going to give the cur- – I think I like – well, yeah. Like, I'm going to give Curly – I'm going to say 7.5. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go curly. I'm going to give it a six. It's nice, um, but it has given me too many versions of only curly when I'm trying to <laughs> use outbreak methods to hunt it. So uh, curly form gets a six from me. How about you, Enhoff? I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit somewhere in the middle. I'm going to say seven. Okay. Uh, I love, again, I love Tatsugiri, but I have been Masuda method hunting oh. the uh, curly form for what feels like an eternity, <laughs> a friend of mine traded me uh, in in a lore ball, mm-hmm. and so I'm trying to get both zero attack because it's a special attacker mm-hmm. um, for VDC, and then also in the in the dive ball, and it has been not very kind to me. Yeah. Oof. Okay, I can understand <laughs> that. Now let's get into the droopy form, the pink form. We'll call it. Um, JT, what do you think about the droopy form? Regular, droopy. non-shiny. Regular, non-shiny. I'm going to give this one seven. Okay. I didn't encounter too many of these. But yeah, so I, it stayed where it, okay. it was and I stayed where I was. So Good I was like, enough. all right, do your thing, Tatsugiri. I think I'm going to go up to, make, to meet you there um, and I'm going to give it a seven as well. Um, I like that color. It's, you know, it's not a super common Pokemon color as well. Um, so I'm going to give it a seven. Enhoff, how about you? The droopy form. I think this goes seven for me as well. Okay. Um, it's definitely the least viable of the three. Okay. In terms of like using it with order up. Sure. Realistically, a lot of uh, competitive sets, it doesn't matter the form you use because order up is is an optional move yeah. for Dondozo. Um, but the attack raise from Curly is v- always useful for Dondozo. The speed raise from Stretchy is always useful, but the mm-hmm. defense is a little bit more. Um, niche. Sure. Uh, nice. And uh, I like the color scheme. I think it's a cute uh, form of Tatsugiri. Um, but yeah, I think it gets dinged a little bit because if I was using it competitively, if I was using an order up Dondozo especially, it would be uh, yellow or orange. Okay. Well, or, or they're shiny versions. Sure. Yeah. All right. On to the yellow. The stretchy form. Uh, nice and flat and angry on top of its little bit of rice there. Yeah. <laughs> give me a rating, JT. I just love how angry it is. I'm so I'm, mad. I'm going to give this one 8.5. Okay. It's just like, ugh, why am I here? Okay. All right. I'm going to not go quite as high, but I will give it an eight just because of that shifty eye, man. That yeah. is. <laughs> I got out of bed for this. <laughs> that is. No, it's still on its bed. Well, I, my bed moved out of bed for this. <laughs> I got double out of bed. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it uh, a, an eight. I think that's a it's a solid one. And Hoff, how about you for the yellow droop or yellow stretchy? 
Yeah, I'm going to meet you there with an 8. I okay. think that it's it's got a lot of character in that uh, art, mm-hmm. the official art for it. And then uh, I think the, the color is nice. It, it kind of gives a nice pop against the lake as well yeah. because it's you know kind of that dark color. So um, I think it's really fun. Absolutely. Now for the spicy versions. <laughs> I see what you there because it's food. Yes, it is food. Uh <laughs> Now, for the shiny versions of Tatsugiri, uh, let's talk about the orange form. Is that what was? What do we call that? What's the actual name? Uh, curly. Curly. Yeah, I curly. forget. So, for the curly form, we change the top orange to top brown. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the soy sauce version of the sushi fish? Now that you say it's soy sauce, I'm going to, I was going to give it a five, but no, it's soy sauce. So I'm going to say 6.5. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to go seven just because sushi with soy sauce is just nice. Yeah. It's just good. It really is. Is it my favorite uh, shiny of these? No. I'm a regular human being on this planet. It is not my favorite shiny of the three. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> but, uh, Enhoff, what about you? What do you think about the soy sauce? spicy shiny version yeah i'm in a similar boat to you i I think it's a seven i it doesn't it hasn't got the most like pop to it but the fact that it does have the kind of soy sauce element to it yeah um i've always found really charming about this one in particular um they did a good job of like tying it into the theme absolutely now yep you already know my answer (laughs) and actually i've got a backstory on this one so we'll go uh the next form the, from the pinkish version of Tatsugiri, the shiny, all white. All white. What do you think about the all white Tatsugiri? I'm going to say 9.5. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's missing for you? The, well, Enhoff explained that it's not the, the best one. Sure. Of the three okay. Using it competitively. Okay. So it's a, it's a stats thing. So, sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's, it, it dings it just a little bit. I'm going to give you one guess. <laughs> On where you think I'm going to rate this Pokemon. Ten. It's a 10 for me. <laughs> I have. We opened the big book of 10s. I have shiny hunted Tatsugiri for so long. <laughs> and the only one that I've encountered was the all white shiny Tatsugiri. Nice. I have wasted so many dragon sandwiches finding <laughs> nothing. Finally ran into it. And it was the one I was looking for. And again, it's not the one that spawns very often in the outbreaks. Yeah. So I was elated to find that shiny. Nice. Uh, I'm, it's a 10. It's a 10 for me. Perfect 10. And Hoff, what about you? I think that uh, I have to go right with both of you. I, I'll do 9.5 for, okay. for similar reasons, but no, it's it's so great. It's it's the the pure white and then just the eyes poking out. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's really nice yeah. how it blends in with the, the uh, like sushi bed that it, Oh yeah, that'll like get out and and lay on, um, and and it's fitting. It's it's similar color to quite a bit of you know fish that you'll get in like a sushi roll as well. Right. Um, it's it's just really really aesthetically pleasing, and and the whole the whole combo mm-hmm. is, is really nice for it. And if you've listened to our show before, dear and human listeners, my black and white shiny needs were fully met <laughs> <laughs> in this Pokemon. I can't wait for this thing to come to go. Oh, it's going to be That's fun. just going to be neat to have. It's going to be yep. nice. Yeah. I'm excited for this, uh, and I'm excited for the roaming form 
Gimme Gimme Ghoul. ghoul. That's going to be fun. All right. Our last one. And I'm going to preface this for our listeners by saying, when we go back to the first orange on light orange Pokemon, uh, normal Tatsugiri, we're going to take this yellow Pokemon and we're going to make it shiny. And we're going to turn it into yellow. I mean, orange and light orange. <laughs> it's very similar to... Uh, it's it's just... It's so hard to see because of that, too. Yeah. I may have just <laughs> skipped one completely. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Give me your third form. The... Uh, I Again, I forget what forms they are because I never think about uh, looking at stretchy. them. Stretchy. Thank you. Stretchy, yeah. The stretchy form. Shiny. Yeah. I'm going to say four. Mm. Like... I feel like they just gave up on this shiny. I, I I do like that it's a f- like kind of a full circle theme here, but oh yeah, I'm I'm with you. That's a four. For yeah, me. it the pattern is nice because it's different. Um, yeah, but it being the first, I get well, I, not the first, but like the more populating colorway yeah. of the six versions of this. I got to go four as well. Yeah, and Hoff, how about you? I'm actually, I'm going to give it a 6.5. Okay, and nice. And I agree with your frustration. Shiny hunting <laughs> this one is awful. But um, the the curly form, the orange uh, pattern, mm-hmm. is just like an orange kind of fish to it. Right. This one resembles salmon, which I really not like. Yes. Because how oh. it's base orange with kind of the lighter stripes. Right. It looks like if you're prepping uh, salmon uh, sashimi mm-hmm. on a bed of rice, like it. It works for the theme. It is frustrating in how close it is. And, you know, they could have done a different color entirely Yeah. Uh, with this one to to make it stand out a little bit more like the red with the white or or however they would go about it. But I do like that it, it does look like a, you know, a fish that you would order sashimi on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a really nice theme of a Pokemon. It and really for is. it to be carried not only in one version... You know, it's three versions of a Pokemon. All of them are different. All of them, you can see the resemblance to the actual food that it's related to. And I think that's neat. But, that was a that was a very good choice. Yeah. Very good choice. I would not have picked something that good. I also want do, sushi now. <laughs> oh, hey, we're going to the store after this. We can get sushi. Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Well, now... We have buried this lead time and time again. Let's dig it from its grave and talk about it. It's now, time to I'm going to let you take this, and then I will pipe in as <laughs> requested. Yeah, <laughs> because this is your this is your not this is your peanut butter and jam. Well, this is just my peanut butter. This is well. Hang on, I'm gonna keep burying the lead just because I'm like that. <laughs> Okay, so welcome to the PvP UV me section of the Roundtable Chat Hot. 1v1 IRL. IRL. <laughs> so first off, we got to say congratulations to our winner of the Battle of the Bands winner. Okay, Pokey Eduardo Baca. Yeah. Yes, absolutely destroyed it. So for those of you that don't know the Battle of the Bands, we reached out to a bunch of people and we're like, hey, pick six Great League Pokemon. And they picked them. And those Pokemon that we picked... We banned them. Straight to the banned list. Yeah. Just, you can't use them. <laughs> it was really interesting so, meta. Yeah. It was really, really uh, some interesting <laughs> ones there. Yes. But yeah, we uh, 
uh, I think uh, Tuxedo Mask won the Spice King for that. True. Bringing a Stantler and uh, Mr. Mime and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was really cool to kind of see that. But Poke Eduardo Baca, congratulations on claiming victory. That's right. As you battled the other bands. Before yeah. we move into our blast from the not-so-past and fully unbury this lead, uh, shouts to this weekend's winner from the OCIC uh, championships, Jakobovic. Yes. Uh, yeah. As well as uh, our very own buddy, uh, Fish on a Heater, for uh, bringing that heat. And uh, congratulations to the both of you. Heck yeah. We will see you in Japan. Oh, yeah. All right. I think uh, I've. I've uh, sorry. Sorry. Just to amend to that, because it was an international, uh, four invites <gasps> go out. Oh, so that's right. There's two more. In yeah. addition to both of them, uh, Valiant Vish came in third, but he was already qualified. So that nice. also cascaded down. So Agent Magikarp and Sniped Bra both will be also uh, in Japan. Very cool. Oh, well, yeah. thanks for that update. Uh, it was, you know, trying to catch all these battles. I missed some things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was quite a bit because also, like, I was, like, driving and they'll be like, hey, it's live. And I'm like, I can't do it and drive at the same time. So, yeah. Um, but it, it, was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, Fish is a good friend of ours. And uh, shouts to all the qualifiers headed off to Yokohama this year. Heck yeah. So that's actually a really good segue because speaking of Yokohama, we have someone with us right now. <gasps> is it me? Going to almost. It's actually me. Just kidding. I. <laughs> it is the one and only Enhoff. So Enhoff, first off, congratulations because we actually get to congratulate you in person for right. heading over. Heading over head, uh, uh, there you go. <laughs> Words. Yeah. Or heading over to Yokohama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Uh, heading over to Yokohama and uh, yeah, kick butt. Like, all kick butt and take names, and you're all out of names. It's going to be hard because we we actually know a few people <laughs> yeah. headed over there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I hope they fight each other, and I hope they both win. <laughs> I just hope both teams have a good time. I hope everybody has a good time. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, like we were saying, like congrats to uh, Fish and your your Yakobovich. Yeah, yes, Yakobovich. Yako. I have to like, Yako. yeah, Yako. I have to like look at it. And I'm like, oh, that's how you say his name. Yes. And then I immediately forget. <laughs> so, uh, Enhoff, let's let's talk a little bit of like your your journey in battling. So like what like what was the process like for you when you were putting together your team? Because like as you know, like our when we played our one word story, we got to come up with a name for that one word story. Yeah. I think that's it. All right, with our one word story game, the we we used your Pokemon, well, three of your Pokemon that you had for your team. Um, mm-hmm. Well, so Primeape, Cofagrigus, and Lickitung. If mm-hmm. you those weren't, if you missed those. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, like, what was the process like when you were like building and putting together your team? Yeah, of course. So, the Peoria Regionals were just the second regionals of the season in North America. There had already been, you know, some in in LATAM and EU as well, but uh, we were already kind of seeing this meta emerge of a lot of Altaria without Walrein as prevalent, and obviously a lot of Galarian Stunfisk as well, uh, being the best steel type in Great League, I think a title it's held basically since its introduction into the game. Uh, Registeel's up there as well, Bastiodon's up there as well, um, all kind of fighting for this title, but the Altaria-Galarian-Sunfisk 
core, so to speak, was so prevalent. This was before the wing attack buff. Now, Noctowl was still seeing a ton of play, so uh, obviously my grand finals opponent of Hot Pocket brought it, and uh, how Stark had brought it in Baltimore, and now it's all over the place. But seeing those two flyers, Noctowl and Altaria, and then Galarian Stunfisk, I was thinking to myself, is there a fighting-type Pokemon that can beat those flyers and beat Galarian Stunfisk? And obviously, uh, what I brought as a fighting type on my team was a bit unconventional uh, with Primeape. Uh, it was not used until the Grand Finals, uh, kind of famously at this point. <laughs> and uh, it was really unique. It could beat Noctowl in the one field scenario with Ice Punch. It could beat Altaria in the one field with Ice Punch, uh, based on the specific attack spread that I had. Obviously, a fighting type is going to generally beat Galarian Stunfisk. And then, additionally, the biggest ghost in the meta at the time was uh, Trevenant. Yeah. And because Primeape has Night Slash, it could actually win the two-field scenario against Trevenant. Uh, beyond that, it was fairly straightforward Pokemon. I did bring both Galarian Stunfisk and Altaria. I used them both in plenty of battles. Uh, Tapu Fini is my favorite Pokemon to use in Great League. Um, I've probably got some of the most reps with Tapu Fini of anyone who plays Pokemon Go PvP competitively, at least in Great League. Mm -hmm. um, nice. And I think I've certainly used it the most in these regional tournaments because I used it all 15 battles against Hot Pocket in the finals at Peoria. Um, I used it in most of my battles up to that point. And I've used it in other tournaments as well. It's the closest thing to a signature Pokemon for me, nice. uh, if not explicitly that. Uh, I liked Kofagrigus because it can have better play against Altaria than Trevenant does. Um, and additionally, uh, the timeline of Peoria, Toxapex had just been released in the game, mm -hmm. and people were eyeing it up for their teams. And I said, Kofagrigus is a Pokemon that destroys Toxapex. You're resisting those poison jabs. Brine isn't that powerful of a move. And in turn, you're doing Shadow Claw, Shadow Ball, like a really consistent rotation. Both of you are really bulky, and Kofagrigus just handles it really well. Um, additionally, you handle Metacham a little bit better than Trevenant does, because you don't have to worry about Ice Punches. And uh, you give up some of the benefits of Trevenant. You're not as good against Water types and, mm -hmm. and so on. But uh, for me, it was a huge benefit to have on my team. And um, also unique, I think I was the only Kofagrigus in the tournament uh, as well, and, and possibly the only person to qualify with it, at least this season. Okay. Uh, which is is really fun. I love it. It's a bulky Pokemon. Um, and then speaking of bulky Pokemon, the last pick on my team was that Lickitung that we talked about earlier, which uh, unfortunately is a lot less viable now with Noctowl all over the place, yeah. but Lickitung's always been a big favorite of mine. I was using Lickitung before XLs were released um, at level 40 with a Best Buddy ribbon. Um, I really enjoy one-turn fast moves in general. It makes it really easy to time your charge moves. Uh, and Lickitung is just very safe, very generalist. Uh, has a lot of play even against Metacham, which is obviously the premier fighter. Mm -hmm. And uh, is a really good like round out to a team, especially if you're concerned about ghost types, which I was a little worried about as well. Like Kofagrigus tends to lose to Trevenant because Trevenant has a bait move and Kofagrigus yeah. doesn't really. Um, and Lickitung really shores up that weakness. Nice. So, like, that's that's 
actually kind of lead it led into uh, one of the bat strats that we well battle strategies, but we call them bat strats mm-hmm. here. Uh, but the bat yeah. strats that we talked about, like when you're building that team, like you're covering your weaknesses. Uh, like we we say that almost every week at this mm-hmm. point. Whenever you're building teams, like making sure like what what Pokemon do you like using, and then what is it weak to? What Pokemon can cover up that weakness? Which is really awesome. So the in the in the process of like practicing for it, like how what was there was this like your original team that you came up with, or did you like I'm gonna sit you out, or I would really love to use you, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sit and stay in your Pokeball for this go around. Like what what kind of uh, what what did the practice look like for you? Yeah, so I did a lot of scrimmages with my teammates. So I'm on the Stadium Elite team, um, which also was. The Baltimore winner and runner-up, Hal Stark, 93, and mm-hmm. Elam, uh, both are teammates of mine, so very blessed to have a, a ton of teammates to scrim with and bounce ideas off of. So I was talking with Stark about multiple aspects of the team, and I said, like, I'm looking at Prime Ape, and he's like, okay, like, a little bit skeptical, um, as I think anyone, I talked to multiple people about it, and I think every single person was skeptical, and I said, I really like how it wins, it can win these matchups. And I said, Stark, I know you have the rank one Noctowl. Can we do a matchup, actually see if, you know, PV Poke's great and PV Poke does proper sims, but sometimes I need to see to believe in some of these <laughs> matchups. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know if this is really going to work out this way. And to properly beat it, you had to throw on CMP, you had to win CMP, which Primeape always does against Noctowl. And uh, it no longer works because of the wing attack buff, but at the time, uh, it properly worked out. I said, I really like this pick. Uh, I'm going to try it out in factions. Now, I was playing in open tier. I was playing on Stadium Elite Silver, which is our faction. Uh, currently in iron tier, about to promote. And uh, I said, okay, I'm going to run the team that I plan to run in Peoria in factions. Because all of it was legal. I was only using Galarian Stunfisk from like their restricted list. And you know, no one was really thinking that much of Primate. I ran it. I went 3-0 in Open Great League. I said, okay, um, I feel comfortable with this team. Now, there were things that I absolutely felt weak to. You're talking about weaknesses. And uh, there's two big ones, or, or one big Pokemon and then two, like a pair. So my team, if you go back and look at it, Kofurius, Primeape, uh, Altaria, Lickitung, you'll notice that those four are all really weak to Wigglytuff. Mm. And Wigglytuff is certainly a Pokemon that has done well at tournaments. I believe Mormon Matt ran it to top four in Salt Lake, which was the regional immediately following Peoria in in North America. Um, Some others, I want to say in Asia, uh, Asian tournaments in, in, I want to say Korea or Japan, there was someone who qualified for Worlds last year with Wigglytuff. It is, you know, not... The premier charm user with a little nine tails, but it is very much viable. And I was so weak to it. But I said to myself, Toxapex just released. People are going to be scared of this this bulky poison type taking out all the charm users. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna leverage this weakness to Wigglytuff. Um, the other one that I was felt a little bit weak to um, was Azumarill. And as yeah, a pair, I felt weak to Azumarill plus Noctowl. Um, because my Azumarill answers were Lickitung and Kofagrigus, uh, both which beat Azumarill, but both lose pretty hard to Noctel. Uh, so I said to myself, well, if people are scared of Toxapex, maybe they won't bring Azumarill as much. 
and maybe I can just manage that I see Azumarill that aren't paired with a normal type that I'm really scared of with Kofurigus and Lickitung. And uh, to to get into the later points of the tournament, uh, the grand finals were against Hot Pocket 777, who had both Azumarill <laughs> and Noctowl on his team. So um, certainly was, was scary going into those. I think I, I held my own well enough, but ultimately he did, of course, earn that champion title, and I'm uh, nothing but uh, respect for Pocket. He's a great battler. Absolutely. It was, it was really, honestly, this is kind of surreal right now. I'm like, Oh, I was watching you on my television. Now you're on an episode with us. I'm like, this is a little, a little bit starstruck right now. So, but yeah, so the, um, so you, that was, that was really cool to watch those battles uh, in Peoria. Um, so you get the, you're, you're just got done with your, your, your battle and they come and tell you, Hey, you're going to be on the main stage. What was that feeling like? Like you're, all eyes are on you. Like, this is it. Like, what was that feeling like? Yeah. So I was not my first, it was not my first time battling on stream. Uh, last year at NAIC in June, my first battle, my first battle ever at a like regional or international tournament was on stage. I was against Scrap and Pete, who's one of the great judges oh, now yeah, and Pete. Uh, yeah. for the scene. And I, Lost to him. I actually brought Noctel and lost. I uh, got it lined up on, I think, either Walrein or, like, Alolan Ninetales or something. But, uh... And and from there, I've done a couple tournaments since. I was at the Last Chance Qualifier in London and uh, made the, fi- the top eight of that, but didn't get any matches streamed. In Baltimore, had a decent run, didn't get any matches streamed. So Peoria was the first time in a long time. And it's always nice. a bit of a trip. Um, I stream my, my sets and my battles, uh, on Twitch and, and that prepares you a decent amount to like not being super nervous of people seeing you, but it's still a very different stage. There's a magnitude of more people watching and, uh, there's, there's a lot of like representation that goes into it as well. Being, um, a member of and, and leader for the girls at PVP movement, um, in the Pokemon Go community. So it is a lot, um. If if people remember, I was kind of uh, stimming back and forth on stage, uh, kind of uh, got the reputation of dancing on stage, which was a little <laughs> bit of like easing kind of the tension. Also, because I do just really love battling that I can still really enjoy that. And uh, frankly, with Peoria, I felt amazing. I felt That's so awesome. ready to battle. Um, as I was like prepping for it, I was like, I need to do this right. So I actually flew in on Thursday and stayed an extra night to like properly get myself in the headspace, not being like jet lagged or, or uh, feeling like any travel grogginess. And uh, I'm really glad that I did for, for obvious reasons. Uh, I I did pretty well. And uh, feeling in the zone is like huge. And it's, it's hard to like give like a proper way to, to feel that way. It, It comes with experience. It comes with like knowing how to prep yourself for a tournament. So like I got like my favorite breakfast. I got like, I had gum that I was chewing, like the certain things, everyone has their tics. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. uh, uh, when, when I had my first match on stage day one, it helped that my opponent didn't really have a Tapu Fini answer. So like yeah. knowing that I'm confident in the match really helps as well. But um, also knowing that I'm, I'm comfortable playing on stage is, is night and day in, in some of these matches. Yeah. Nice. That is a, a brings up an interesting bat strat that uh, based on 
uh, I guess student um, research shows that chewing the same flavor oh, yeah. of gum while mm-hmm. studying uh, as you do during a test will help you uh, with recall uh, and, yeah. and and sort of like you like you mentioned sort of that um, you know stimming to help yourself um, you know be in the right mindset and things like that uh, so for those of you that are looking for a bat strat uh, especially at these really high levels uh, well if you're allowed to chew gum some places don't allow <laughs> things like that um, but that is that is an interesting bat strat that you can use uh, that while you are studying, i.e. practicing, practicing yep. uh, then you, if you are able to do the same routine, be it gum, be it, uh, you know, a rhythmic tap of your, you know, feet or fingers, doing things like that at the same time you're practicing as when you are doing the more stressful battles or even tests or things like that can be a very helpful tool uh, for you to uh, re- remember well, uh, for you to perform well. Um and so, uh, you know, that's sort of like a, a, a meta bat strat where it's not necessarily in the game, you know, practice with the same yeah. Pokemon, get used to the, your weaknesses and things like that. But outside, as well as in the real world, proven to work. it yeah. works. <laughs> like it, it does. It really works. So awesome. something, to, something to think about for the, for the listeners here. Deer and human alike. Deers can't chew gum. You don't know that. <laughs> Can they? I don't know. Oh, maybe well. maybe could. Yeah. <laughs> they maybe could. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the you, you're going to Japan and I don't I don't want to in case there are there are some uh world's competitors that listen to Roundtable Chat. <laughs> not, I don't want to give away any of your teams, but the what how, how is your like your kind of like your prep gone for the regionals? Mm. Like especially like we've got March 1st, which is the end of Mystical, uh, mythical wishes. Uh, mythical wishes. Yep. So the with, or I'm assuming is going to be a, a a move update, some move nerfs, mm-hmm. move buffs. Well, how is your prep for Japan going? Like, what is that looking like? Yeah. So right now, I don't think it's super fruitful to study the meta excessively hard because, okay. as you mentioned, there's there's going to be move updates uh, from now until. Uh, Japan, so we have the beginning of March, and then we have the beginning of June, um, as as three months later. So that's two entire cycles that could be extremely impactful. Mm-hmm. Things like Lantern's buff that completely made it meta. Things like Nitto Queen's nerf that kind of erased it from the meta game. Nitto Queen who? Uh, there's I'm... obviously some what? I said Nitto Queen who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've done um, it. So there's. There's some that I expect to always be mainstays, so Galarian Stunfisk would be very difficult to nerf because its its entire moveset is just very widespread on other Pokemon, mm-hmm. and you can't nerf its stats or its typing. Uh, it's just very potent because it's that ground-steel type. It has a lot of bulk to it. So I'm still practicing with the Great League mainstays. Um, as So long as Tapu Fini isn't completely out of the metagame, say... You know, Trevenant and Lantern is everywhere. Maybe I won't bring it, but uh, it's going to be very hard for me not to bring Tapu Fini at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I said similar. I got interviewed by Gabby uh, during the Arlington yeah. Regional. Yeah. And uh, she asked a bit about my world's prep. And, and Tapu Fini, I mean, it's it's synonymous at this point. Uh, I got all the Moonblast debuffs in Peoria, so that's like a big uh, attribution to my name. And then mm-hmm. uh, 
Uh, I just so so thoroughly enjoy Tapufini as a Pokemon in the Great League. So that's very clear. And then, yeah, just the mainstays, because I don't know. You know, they could buff Rollout and suddenly Dunsparce is even more prominent <laughs> mm-hmm. in the metagame. Yep. Um, they could nerf like something like Sky Attack or like Shadow Ball and mm-hmm. Noctowl might take a hit. Trevenant might take a hit. Um, you never really know with these with these move updates. Um, say they give like an additional move to Lickitung and it's back in the metagame. Uh, there's, there's lots of potential options and... Um, you know, having two stages of them, I'm just going to, you know, keep on top of my counts, keep on top of knowing uh, energy uh, generation. So if a move gets updated in that regard, relearning my counts for wing attack, for instance, uh, is the best way to be prepared. And then once June 1st hits, we have those updates live in the game. You know, I'm going to be hitting the ground running on uh, prepping for Yokohama. Absolutely. Oh, well, when Yokohama comes around, we will definitely be in the Twitch chat box comment thingy section, and we'll be cheering mm-hmm. you on and uh, cheering you and Fish and a, a bunch of other friends of the show on. But it's it's, it's going to be a blast. I'm excited for you. So congratulations again. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. But, all right. So um, so moving to keep the ball rolling just a little bit, I did want to say uh, that we finally have our first roundtable chat hot faction. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So Ooh. our members are Jer- Jerry Bear TX. We have me, Shadow Prime 34. <laughs> <laughs> we have Casa de Cubone, First Olympian, Hampian Bear, Hamtaro, Mythical Hitch, Old Johnny One Ball, Ricky Licious, and Talisma. So we're going to be out here doing, making, making it happen. Yeah. Kind of. Is there a junior league? <laughs> junior league. <laughs> Probably, but we'll be the best of the below average of them. That's a good name. Actually, we've got some pretty good battlers on there. But I, th- I think we, we, we got this. So, yeah. And then the next show that we have, we'll have our updated roundtable meta for you guys. That's right. Yeah. It started good. out with a list. How did it end <laughs> up like this? How did it end up like this? It's great. So, but yeah, that is uh, that is the PvP. Um, actually, before we close down the PvP section, uh, Enhoff, is there if there is a let's say best of the below average battler that wants to improve? What what advice? Well, not like not just us, but like what advice would you mm-hmm. give to like players that are just trying to break through that ceiling that they keep hitting? For instance, I always hit veteran, and I. I I break it like by like a hundred points, and then the next meta shifts, and then I'm down three hundred points, and then I'm like back at that ceiling. So, so those people that are like me or that that are like hitting like ace rank consistently and can't break that, what would you mm. give? Um, what what advice would you give to them? Yeah, so um, learning one team. I know I just talked earlier about Master League and how I it frustrates me when I have to run the same three Pokemon over and over again. But in terms of, you know, gaining your rank consistently, learning one team, knowing its strengths and weaknesses, knowing what to do to, during certain matchups, certain leads, and, and so on, uh, are, is, is instrumental in making that climb. So every time that I kind of push for Legend, uh, if I'm struggling a bit during a season, I will kind of hunker down on one team. So a few seasons back, it would always be... Uh, Galarian Stunfisk, Metacham, Sableye. That's shifted now to be uh, Noctowl instead of Sableye, which mm-hmm. I think Galarian Stunfisk, Metacham, and Noctowl is kind of the three that you see at all these regional tournaments. They're the best in their respective roles, the best steel, the best 
fighter and the best uh, flyer, and they're just really potent in the meta. Additionally, I would say learning counts is something that a lot of my students tend to be like, oh, well, I want to learn that, but it's just very daunting. Um, whether you're counting moves, so like counting moves would be like knowing that it's five mud shots to a hydro cannon and then four to the next hydro cannon for Swampert, but then also counting energy, which is what I tend to do. So knowing nine energy, 18 energy, 27 energy, um, and so on, counting up each time your opponent uses a fast move. Mm-hmm. With either of those methods, if you learn Galarian Stunfisk, Noctowl, and Metacham, and you practice those Pokemon repeatedly, that is the best start to learning counts, because, again, they're the three most common Pokemon in Great League right now. You know, we'll see how March 1st goes. Um, they are extremely common fast moves. Mudshot is also on Swampert, so if you're counting um, energy then you know Mudshot, you know Counter, because Counter's on every fighting type, except mm-hmm. for, like, Polyrath, um, and even some that aren't fighting types, like Obstagoon or Deoxys Defense. And then Wing Attack is all over the place. Noctowl, but also uh, Pokemon like Pidgeot, Pokemon like Charizard we're seeing show oh, up yeah. in his regional. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pelipper, which I'm really surprised Pelipper hasn't made a strong showing, but I guess Lantern is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're counting moves, so you're doing the things like Noctowl, it's um, six wing attacks to the first sky attack, and then five to the second, um, knowing that you have, or or six, six, five, so six on the first one, six on the second one, and then five on the third, you know that, well, Venusaur is the same, Frostlass is the same, Uh, Sableye to, to Foul Play is the same, like, so you can start to find other Pokemon that have the same counts, but starting with those three, if you're interested in learning counts, which I think a lot of players at kind of that, you know, I don't want to say middling as like a negative, but like people who are finding their feelings hit. <laughs> That's us. Um, yeah, best of, best of the blow average. Um, if, you're, if you're trying to learn counts to be able to properly, you know, get the most out of your Pokemon, know that, you know, I'm going to throw this move right before my opponent gets to a move then uh, using those three as a start is huge because most battles in Great League, you're going to see one of those three Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are obviously teams that don't use them, something like Skarmory, Swampert, Vigoroth doesn't have Metacham, uh, Galarian Stunfisk, or Noctowl, but a lot of teams will have one of those three, and especially at these regionals, when you see those stats on like percent usage in, oh, yeah. the, in the meta <laughs> top 12, those three are... If not the top three, three of the top five mm-hmm. every time. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. We're, we'll, we'll have to do a, a coaching session with you sometime. <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah. that that's uh, – you You heard it here first, dear and human listeners. You you, you know what you got to do. Get good. Get, get real good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's the end of the PvP UV me. All right, so we're actually going to skip the RTC challenges for this week just because we have a special guest on. And we're actually going to jump right into mail call. Mm-hmm. All right, so the we're, we're just going to compile a bunch of questions, so we're going to give you three of each. All right, so okay. question number one. What is your like your system for your uh, what Pokemon you're going to best buddy? Oh, oh, I love this. So <laughs> um, priority will always be Pokemon that are beneficial in... Uh, a, a specific PvP league. So yes. I have my 
my my best buddy Alolan Sand Crew for Great League. I have my Master League uh, Metagross. Um, but beyond that, uh, Pokemon that don't need the best buddy but are like favorites of mine. So my Tapu Fini for Great League doesn't benefit at all from being best buddy, but I love having the ribbon mm-hmm. on. Um, and then beyond that, uh, I do a bit for raids or for just being mega Pokemon. So I mentioned earlier I was really excited about the Hundo Audino um, because it has a mega evolution. And Pokemon like that, that they might not even be the best in raids, but I know this Pokemon is always going to be in my inventory because it's a hundo, because I'm going to Mega Evolve it, and it's going to be around for a long time. Uh, that That's something that I'll work towards best buddying as well, just for the, you know, posterity, for the working towards the best buddy ribbon, which is going to take me, you know, years at this point, but the, the metal... I, I suppose oh, man. that <laughs> platinum on that is something like 200 best buddies. Yep. And I, I know like tons of people who have, you know, gone all out to try to get that as soon as possible. I'm taking a bit slower road, but those are other Pokemon that I'll do the rotation with every now and then. Nice. Nice. That is awesome. Okay. Here's, here's a, I, I want to know the why behind it too. Do you prefer okay. ultra beasts or paradox Pokemon? Ooh, that one's really difficult mm-hmm. for me. I love them both very much. Um, I need to pull up a list of all of the uh, Ultra Beasts before I answer that. It's a, it's a really tough question. Yeah. Like, I yeah, just... let me... Okay. So, I have a cop-out answer. And it's Paradox Pokemon... Specifically because there are no ground type Ultra Beasts, and ground is my favorite Pokemon type. Okay, okay. And we nice. get both uh, both Great Tusks uh, or Great Tusk and uh, Iron Treads. Yeah. And oh, oh, and Sandy Shocks. Sandy Shocks, one of my oh, favorite. Love Pokemon. Sandy Shocks. All all ground type. I think both are really great. Kind of uh, parallels to legendary Pokemon. I know neither are officially considered that, but. Um, they're similar, you know, they can't breathe, you get, um, well, I guess you get multiple of the Paradox Pokemon, but you get one off of the Ultra Beasts, um, in the mainline games, if, if I understand it correctly, I've never played, uh, Sun and Moon yet, um, but they have these kind of, uh, legendary-esque stat lines, and, uh, I, I really love both, I, I'm just gonna give the edge to, uh, Paradox, because I really like the ground types, I also like how... Uh, they were incorporated as like actual mirrors of other Pokemon without mm-hmm. being regional forms. So they were able to revamp things like their stat line a little bit. They gave some love to uh, some Pokemon that otherwise haven't really gotten a ton of love over time, like uh, Mistrevis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did get a new evolution in Gen 4 with Miss Magius, but isn't like a fan favorite. I know that with the Violet Paradox Mons, there's a little bit more of that. You have the Gallade Gardevoir, uh, Iron Valiant, um, which is, you know, Gallade and Gardevoir have gotten plenty of love over the years, but still is a really cool Pokemon. I think it's really nicely done. Um, But I I do love, like, the Pokemon, like, Hariyama that suddenly gets a new form, uh, which isn't connected to it, so you can run both of them uh, if you really want, but um, is unique. And then being a, a VGC player... Um, as well, my team for Orlando had Roaring Moon, Brute Bonnet, Fluttermane, mm. all on the team. 
and I really enjoyed those. I actually had both Brute Bonnet and Amoongus on my team, so nice. like that level of awesome. double mushroom was was really exciting. Um, but I do I do love the Ultra Beasts. I ran uh, Guzzlord and Buzzwolf both in mm. Toronto for those regionals. Awesome. Like I think they're really fun and. And uh, it's a it's a you know mom trying to pick one of her favorites. Ever. <laughs> yeah, I love them both so much. But uh, if if you're making me choose, paradox. All right, nice. That's that's a good answer. And then, lastly, for the Pokemon question, what has been your? And this can be both like main series games or uh, card games, if you want to count that, or uh, in Pokemon mm-hmm. Go. What has been your your favorite top favorite shiny hunt ever? Favorite shiny hunt is one that I still have not completed. Uh, so there is a non-playable character in Pokemon XD, Gale of Darkness, mm-hmm. that you can trade a purified Togepi to, and he trades you a Alakid. And mm. the Alakid is named Zaprong. It is a regular feature of my stream that we will do three sets or three resets to try to get shiny as a prong. Mm. So because it's Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness, it is Gen 3 shiny odds. So it's one in 8,192. It's like the very old shiny odds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh boy. And because it's a trade, you have to soft reset every mm-hmm. trade. So I'm nearing the 1,000 mark. I'm not even close to like a fifth of like uh, quote unquote odds yeah. on the hunt. Um, but I think it's very charming. Uh, to try to go for it, it's kind of like this long-term goal. Um, I also find it very funny because Elekid's shiny isn't really that noticeable. Right. <laughs> so you have to look at like the party sprites for the Pokemon, which Pokemon XD has different. Um, and then the fact that it's uh, XD Gale of Darkness, which is a very old game, like was was part of my childhood growing up as mm-hmm. well, um, makes it very enjoyable. I've had a lot of other really good shiny hunts over time, so things in like Dynamax Adventures and so on, but the the longevity of this, the kind of tedium to it of like doing the soft resets. And then the community aspect of like, oh, are you gonna do some Zaprong checks today? Uh is is really fun for me. That's Very awesome. cool. That is awesome. Well I'm gonna take over and ask some non Pokemon questions. Okay. So the first one actually I'll save this for last. We'll save the concert question for last. Well that's a good question. Okay. Okay. So what are your favorite things to behold with your individual senses? What What's your favorite thing to hear, to taste, to smell, to see, and to touch? Okay. Favorite thing to hear is probably the easiest one. I love music. Um, and I would probably say my favorite, like, uh, singular artist um, is probably Neil Young. I'm a big nice. folk uh, folk rock um, fan, and uh, Neil Young is uh, one of my favorite one of my grandfather's favorites. That kind of rubbed off on sure. me as well. And very cool. I uh, really love him to touch. Um, I actually have a, a big Cubone plushie. I can grab. Oh, Cubone's that gonna love is this. Very soft, and I love him dearly. Oh, nice. Beautiful. It's, uh, probably. Like two feet or so wow, tall and, that's awesome. and perfect for uh squeezing um we, we've got a buddy and cubone is his favorite pokemon so we'll have to see if he's uh also got the the giant cubone plush that's awesome yeah yeah cubone's up there for me as well like i said i love ground types yeah is my favorite but cubone's definitely up there um to smell i really like lavender i'm a big mm, good uh, choice fan of, of lavender 
Um, and, and that's a really good scent. I have quite a few lavender candles. Um, to taste... Taste is is pretty broad mm-hmm. and has has obviously changed over time. I've been working on sourdough a lot recently, okay, Ooh. and I haven't hit the point where it's my favorite thing to taste. But like working on new iterations of like mm-hmm. carefully balancing, you know, uh, water, salt, sugar, um, all the different additions, and seeing like the experimental side of it is oh, really yeah. enjoyable for Absolutely. me. And I've had sourdough starting starter going for, for years at this point. Um, and I just really like that process. I used to do kombucha as well. Okay. Ooh. And it's similar. It's the idea of like something that you've um, had ferment yourself and then like iterating through making your own blend. I find it really enjoyable. Yeah. So I don't awesome. think sourdough is my favorite taste like objectively there are other foods i enjoy more but the use of taste in that process yes i, I find really good and then like the sense of ownership yeah very cool um, yeah was that so sound oh i didn't I do think, sight My yeah i think sight's fight. the last one to see because <laughs> see that one's so I'm, I'm gonna do the like cheesy cop-out answer but like seeing my friends yeah um hey. at like these tournaments seeing friends all over um i'm excited to see like a non-pokemon go friend in a few weeks um to just like catch up with him Mm -hmm. it's uh you know not a specific site but it's something that i've really noticed in like these return to in-person events in go just my happiness is is so much higher like after a few years of you know, uh, isolation, so to speak, or, mm-hmm. or uh, quarantine. Sure, it's been amazing uh, to see people all over. Even even if I'm not there watching like OCIC and knowing uh, Gabby's like a very close friend of mine and local, um, seeing her excelling, seeing like DeFi U250 mm-hmm. excelling mm-hmm. at these things, it, it really gives you know my heart a flutter, and, it, and it, it's really great to say. Good, that's awesome. very cool. All right, the next one is. What is the most important thing that you do every day? The most important thing that I do every day. Could be something simple like brush your teeth. Could be something profound like something profound. Pulling the sword (laughs) out of the stone. There you go. (laughs) And putting it back. Um, Well, I mean, something simple would be like, you know, I take medication every day. It helps me live. That's very important. Got to um, stop. Yep. Yeah, but, that's <laughs> um, a little bit like more profound, but still mundane. I try to take a walk every day. Very cool. Um, so nice. to tie it back to, I know this isn't a Pokemon question, but the daily incense was actually huge for me because yeah. I'm, I'm not at the point where I'm doing it every day, but I try to. Yep. And um, hitting like, you know, 6 or p.m. or so and thinking, am I going to leave my apartment today mm-hmm. is actually really good for my well-being uh, i know that you know there's a lot of people who are like oh i'm not gonna bother because i'm never gonna get a galarian bird or <laughs> whatever it may be but the act of like oh i feel better if i don't stay in my apartment all day yeah if i do even if it's just a 15 minute walk around boston uh that i get to you know get some fresh air that i get to get my legs moving my mind thinking because doing something mundane like the daily incense is really good for like getting you forcing you to think that I'm not just watching streams all day, that I'm not just, you know, on discord all day, talking to people. 
Um, but getting some some thinking time is, awesome. I think, really important. And I try to do it most days. Yeah. It was a really nice quality of life improvement for people mm-hmm. to use the daily adventure incense in that way. Um, I think that was a great addition to the game. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Although I have one Galarian bird that I, I have not yet caught any because I ran into a trainer named Grave Fog who had three Galarian Zapdos. And he's like, yeah, you can have one. And I was like, uh, that's Okay. That's my last awesome. one. Yeah, that's the like, last one I'm trying to get. <laughs> well, if you see Grave Fog around, <laughs> he has two. So there you go. Yeah. Okay, so we may have heard a partial answer to this earlier, but the the final question is more of an experience question. You get mm-hmm. to pick a concert that you get to go to. However, you have to pick two openers. You have to pick a headliner, and you have to pick the headliner's encore song. So. <sighs> Start with two openers, and then we'll get to uh, to the headliner after that. Okay. And it doesn't have to be like a cohesive concert. Mm-hmm. Like- yeah, so I can think of... So uh, my one of my other favorite bands is uh, Pearl Jam. My dad was oh, a huge Pearl Jam fan. Nice. I, I'm a big grunge fan in addition to being like a folk band, uh, folk fan. So they're really big fans of Neil Young as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they call him Uncle Neil. And because he's done a lot of stuff that carries over into harder rock yes. and grunge, things like uh, Keep on Rocking in the Free World and, and so on. Um, so them opening for him is like a very, which they're a great band in their own right and mm-hmm. and, and uh, are still, you know, out touring yeah. and such today. I saw them last um, year and it was insane. Awesome, yeah. So that's a, a very clear like opener for Neil Young, which would be my concert of choice. Sure. Especially like <laughs> seeing him like back in like the early days when mm-hmm. he's just like jamming out and, and all. Um which I know he's still releasing music and stuff even today, which is ridiculous in right. terms of like uh, a 50 plus year uh, career at this point in music. Um, but, but Pearl Jam opening for them, I think to keep with, with grunge and to like get, you know, an experience that isn't really achievable anymore. Soundgarden as well was a really big uh, yeah. grunge band for me. I did get to see them live. Um, before obviously um them being forced to disband mm-hmm. um but um really big fans uh fan of their work as well and uh obviously pairs well with with Pearl Jam and then yeah mm-hmm. I, I would have Neil Young as as yep. the <laughs> main event and then encore song uh would actually be Sugar Mountain which isn't one of his most popular songs okay. but it's the song that my uh grandpa would play a lot in the car it's it's a lot more it's like a melancholy kind of tune um, but it's something that I would love to see live. And also I just really love the tune. It's, it's got that nostalgia of awesome. childhood and, uh, and, uh, I, I just really enjoy it. I, I don't even think it's my favorite Neil Young song, but it's something that I think would be really fun to say. Yeah. And, and it's meaningful to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, well, if it helps, uh, I wouldn't necessarily maybe call them grunge anymore, but we both chose Foo Fighters for our headliner. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> be, no, definitely. That'd be such a good... It's uh, like grunge next legacy. To, yeah. Yes. <laughs> grunge adjacent. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I think, dear human listeners, that is our show. I think that's it. 
Well, then don't worry. For those of you that wrote in and uh, sent in your stuff to be read on the show, we will get you on our next episode. Uh, That's right. But we, this was a special one, So, but we haven't forgot about you. That's right. So, But Enhoff. So if there is one of our listeners that's like, I want more Enhoff in my life, where where can they find you? Like, where, like, where do they want to go to the, to get more Enhoff? <laughs> yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at uh, Goddess Enhoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is an earned title from from the Ghost Stadium rank structure. Um, you can do that as as long as Twitter's still around. Um, yeah. And uh, in there, you can find you can find in my bio my link tree, which will f- direct you other places that you can find me um, on Twitch. I'm N A Hoff. Couldn't quite get the N Hoff oh, tag yeah. like I could. Same with Twitter, I could not get the N Hoff tag. So mm. That's why it's Goddess N Hoff. Um, but those are the two main places you'll find me. Um, that'll direct you to things like my Discord and and so on. But uh, Twitter and Twitch, like most uh, Pokemon Go creators, is your easiest find for me and my content. Very cool. Very cool. Well, as we leave, uh, we try to give some uh, advice to the players. Uh, so before you and the two of us depart from each other's screens, do you have any advice overall for any of our listeners um, you know, we, we know people that want to do PVP. We know people that want to just shiny hunt and collect. Um, mm-hmm. but we all love the game nonetheless. Do you have any advice for a Pokemon go player? Yeah. Uh, my advice is before each community day, set an alarm one hour before the community day starts and mega evolve your Pokemon mm. of the Ooh. corresponding type, because I always forget and then I Mega Evolve a Pokemon like 20 minutes into it. And since starting doing that, since Megas last for eight hours, it'll last you past the community day hours. And you can just go in, Mega Evolve your level three Pokemon. And you don't have to worry about that when the community day starts. And you set your incense and you set your star piece and you, you get everything prepped. And it's just one more thing for you to possibly forget during that opening sequence and then say, you know, 20, even some people hours later, they say, oh, no, I, I never mega yep. evolved, yep. you know, a, uh, a Venusaur or whatever it may be. Yeah. Well, that's good advice because you were talking to some of the most forgetful men on the planet over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that is beautiful. Well, our advice to the people, uh, JT, do you want to start giving some advice to the people before we sign off? Uh Yes. So if you want to find us on Patreon, you can. Uh, you can support us for as little as one whole dollar. That's like four quarters, as many. Ten dimes, my guy. Ten dimes, some nickels, and even more pennies. Hit them with the math and Yeah, math. Yeah. So, yeah, you can support us there. Like, it'll get you access to some bonus episodes. We've got some new stuff coming up for you guys. Um, you can email in at uh, rtchatot.gmail.com, the good old-fashioned way. But if you're more into that, the, the Tech dealio, all those newfangled kids. Yeah, with the, the internet's your technologies. Um, we we have our website roundtablechatot.com or our Twitter at rtchatot. No, you can reach us there. Like we'll run polls. Like we we have a lot of good stuff, especially with this upcoming year. So we got some good good stuff coming for you guys. Mm-hmm. So um, you can do that. If, if supporting us monetarily is not in the cards for you, you can support us by leaving us a review. Which we actually have one. Oh, hit me up from uh, from T Hubs. Let me pull it up. While he's pulling that up, another place you can find us is our Discord. Uh, it is not only free; it is absolutely free um, because big time free. we want anyone to be a part of the family. Uh, we've got you know a little coaching corners. We've got uh, challenges for you. We just you know we've got a section 
um, where uh, also big shouts to AWOL Spaceman for getting accepted not only into one medical school, but two medical schools. Yo. So you can post about your life wins in there, and Heck we want to yeah. hear about them and celebrate with you. Um, so that's another place that you can uh, reach us, and we're as active as, again, we remember to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So and but then hit us up with that review. That review from T Hub says, "I told my mom about this podcast, nice. and she said I don't care. Oh no! <laughs> but I still really enjoy the show. So five star use, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, T Hubs. You know this is your mom's favorite podcast, so we appreciate the attempt. And uh, to T Hubs' mom, uh, try again next yeah, week. Next week you'll like it then. Maybe that's the time for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dear and human listeners, ladies and gentlemen alike, that is it. For this episode of not only the Roundtable Chatot, your mom's favorite podcast, but a an in-house crossover with the Friends List, where we hang out with real people, real trainers, and real friends. I have been Old Johnny One Ball, and I still am Shadow Prime Thirty Four, and I'm Enhoff. See you around.